Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this season of Social Jello with Angelo. I don't know why I said this season. Well, if you're watching this from YouTube, you're gonna notice I have a little bit of a new old setup. If you've been following my channel the whole time, uh, I tried doing this thing where I don't look at the camera, and then people were like, yeah, he like never looks at the camera. I had people I interviewed, like, oh yeah, you have that YouTube channel where you never look at the camera. All right, motherfuckers, I'm looking at the camera. So, there you go. Now, for you listeners that are wondering, what the fuck is he talking about? Well, I have a YouTube channel. All I ask is for you to check it out. And if you like listening to my podcast, please subscribe. It'll really help me continue to produce these videos. All right, let's get this show on the road. So if you saw the title, uh, this is top three. <laughs> oh man. Well, because I, in all honesty, I don't script this, not too much. I'm not gonna cut that out. But this is top three things to do to be an MMA fighter. So, as some of you may or may not know, I am a martial artist. I've been doing uh, Kajukembo since I was 18, 19. So, for about over... Dang, I messed this up. Uh, let's just say I've been doing martial arts for a long time. Over 15 years. Uh, Kajukembo, if you haven't been following this series, is a mixed martial art. It started up around the late 40s and was founded around the 50s uh, again i'll have a link to this you can check out the wikipedia page on my youtube description or in the podcast description under description and notes and whatnot um because this show this episode is, is not about i don't i don't want to go on a long spiel about kaja kembo as much as i love kaja kembo and i do i mean i'm doing a whole section on it what i really want to get down to is I have people approach me sometimes and ask me that uh, what to do if they want to get into MMA or if it's too late to get into MMA. Like I have my core is filled with people over 30 that want to get into MMA and they want to know what they should do if they've never done anything or if they've only had limited experience. So I'm hoping that this podcast can kind of give you a little bit of a direction for that. Uh, my experiences, well, I've been doing MMA since... Like I said, Kajukembo is a mixed martial art, so I've been doing MMA for over 15 years. As far as the kind of MMA that people are watching now, UFC, cage fighting, that kind of stuff, uh, alongside of those rules, uh, I competed in my first MMA tournament. Yeah, man, that was a long time ago. Over 10 years ago, I think. It was when I first, well, I was blue belt. I was still starting up. And uh, long story short, I do have quite a bit of experience doing MMA. Am I a champion? No. Am I the best? No. Did I ever say that? No. So these are all disclaimers I'm putting out there right now before we even get started. And then from there, you can pick apart what you find useful. Now, I am an MMA coach. Every Sunday, I coach MMA. I help people get into the ring out here in Japan. And if you are in Japan, you're interested in doing MMA in a safe fashion, contact me, hit me up, thesocialjello@gmail.com, And I'd be more than happy to answer any questions about MMA in Japan and how to get started and which gyms I'd recommend to get into. So first of all, top three things to be an MMA fighter. Number one, pick a style. Now normally people would say like when you're playing cards, pick a card, any card. You can't do that with MMA. You can't pick a style, any style. Uh, and I guess it just this kind of comes down to when you are starting. If you're one of those people that has already been doing martial arts since you were a kid, you're one of those Taekwondo kids, for example, and you've been doing all these fast kicks and point sparring for a long time, and you're thinking, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm really good. I, I've been getting first place in, in point sparring for a long time, and now I'm, and you're, maybe you're a teenager now, and you, you want to transition now into MMA. So you're going to still have to figure out the big differences in the rules and the amount of contact from, let's say, family, family Taekwondo to MMA. So to kind of cover some of the things here, let's start with some of the best styles to pick. 
uh, people that come from a background of wrestling. You know, time and time again, you see, you watch the UFC, you see some of the top performers, and they have a background in wrestling. Now, out here in Japan, a lot of the people have a background in judo, which is similar to wrestling minus a lot of things. I, I, I would say they're both grappling, but they're very different as far as their approaches are. However, I have noticed that uh, a lot of judo people have the big cauliflower ears that I see wrestlers have. Does that mean that you're a good grappler? That's a totally different podcast. Uh, Ramsey Dewey has a great podcast on that. If you don't know who Ramsey Dewey is, Google him and uh, check out his YouTube channel. He goes on a long spiel about whether or not having cauliflower ear makes you a better grappler. I think it was his first or second podcast. Second podcast. His second podcast. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a pretty good one. His second podcast, if you're in his list, number two. And he kind of goes over what that's all about. So yeah, pick a style. If your background is wrestling, if you're in the US, you're listening to this podcast or you're watching this on YouTube and your background is wrestling, that's great. You actually have a really good foundation. Not really because it's going to teach you how to take a punch, but the training that's involved in wrestling, they just it just really makes you tough. It's tough training, the the weight cutting, all of that. It really brings you into the sport side of MMA. I, I want to say Wrestling and boxing really prepare you for the sports side of MMA, the weight cutting, which I'm going to get into later. But those two really prepare you for that. That's something that some of the more traditional martial arts like judo or even jiu-jitsu. Like, I mean, I do, I, I, I've talked about this before. I, I'm, a, I'm a Gracie Barra jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, I've been doing it for about a year now. And even those guys, I don't know how they're doing it in America. But in Japan, everyone's kind of naturally thin. I, don't, I hate to use the word thin. Light. Everyone's naturally lighter. Like, I want to say the average person is about 160 pounds out here. That's the average guy is about 160 pounds. Maybe they do some weightlifting. They're 165 pounds. A big guy is considered 170 pounds, 169 pounds. Me, a welterweight. I have to cut weight to make that weight. But a lot of these guys don't. So many of these guys don't do any cardio. Uh, like I, I, I even asked my instructor who, who competes and is, has placed in, in championships. You know, my, he's a great sensei. He's, he's done really well in his jujitsu career. And uh, yeah, I asked him, well, how do you cut weight? And he's like, I really don't cut weight. What do you do before a tournament? And he's like, well, I just do more jujitsu, which is a very good approach to it because running will get you better at running. And jujitsu will get you better at jujitsu. So if you're already ha not having any problems making weight, this is great. Now, if you're someone who really cares about weight classes, then yeah, uh, this is where the traditional martial arts are a little bit different in that aspect. The second, I just mentioned wrestling. I'm not going to really say these are in top five, okay? Because you might be thinking, oh, so wrestling's number one. Got to do some wrestling. Not really. I'm just saying, in general, uh, pick a style. One way to know what your style is, if you're older or younger and you never did sports as a kid and you never did any type of martial art and you're wondering, well, I don't know, I have, I have no idea what I should do. My question to you is imagine someone just squared off with you on the street, random, complete bullshit situation, hypothetically speaking, you're about to get in a fight. What's the first thing that hits you in the head? Like, well, hopefully you're not getting hit in the head, but what's the first thing that comes to mind? Do you instinctually want to punch the person in front of you? Or do you instinctually want to tackle them to the ground and then begin to hit them? If the answer is number two, you instinctually want to grab the person and take them to the ground. You instinctually want to tackle someone. You feel that anytime you're aggressive, you're like, I just want to choke them. I want to grab them then most likely you're, you're a grappler. Your, your instinct is to be a grappler. That's You always want to follow your instincts. Now, if you said the opposite, you said, no, if someone's about to attack me, I want to punch him in the face. You're one of those people. I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> if you're one of those people, then you most likely going to want to, you want to hone in on that, and you're going to want to start with a striking style like either boxing or kickboxing. Uh, there's pros and cons to all these styles. One of the pros to boxing I would say, is the footwork. Boxers have great footwork, and like I mentioned earlier, they have really good cardio, and the weight cutting that comes with boxing is great. There's a lot of minuses, because MMA includes a lot of grappling. And when I say pick a style, I'm not saying 
pick one style and stick to it. I'm saying that's going to be kind of your foundation for a style. A great foundation, easy way to get things started is to do wrestling and boxing or jujitsu and boxing. Start with the grappling though. That's what I do recommend. Start with the grappling or join an MMA gym. I don't know what kind of access you have. Join an MMA gym. At the MMA gym, they're going to have a bunch of programs. They're probably If it's a good MMA gym, they're going to have a wrestling program. They're going to have a Muay Thai kickboxing program. They're going to have a jiu-jitsu program. They're going to have a no-gi jiu-jitsu program. And they're going to have an MMA sparring night. And I say programs, but these are all classes that you can take at your typical MMA gym. And what you're going to... Sometimes they even have a, a karate program. Now, what you're going to want to do is... Obviously, you're going to spend time on each style right and throughout a week you know i mean honestly you you could you could spend every day depending on how much time you have uh you could spend every day doing just grappling um but my recommendation is you're doing mma so mix it up right maybe start your morning depending on what programs are available pick one day to do some grappling and then pick another day to do some striking and then pick and then kind of alternate between grappling and striking or do both if you have the time in a day do some grappling and do some striking you really want to become familiar with the ground and be comfortable on the ground and comfortable with someone grabbing you and being in uh, compromised positions and sweeping and all that stuff so yeah that's one way to do it now if you don't have access to an mma gym me personally i'm creating my own mma gym because i do not have access to an mma gym i've had out here in japan i live in the middle of nowhere so I've had to kind of nitpick what I'm going to do. I only have so much time in a day. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to notice that my background, I have like a desk and uh, my day job or my one of my career, it's not even a day job. Right? I run my own English school. So I'm not a professional MMA fighter. I'm not on the MMA coaching, MMA fighting career track. It's just something I love and something I've always been doing. And I'm not bad at it not the best at it but i'm not bad at it and i keep doing it because of that i've had to kind of split off my time between where i'm going to train uh, ideally i'd love to train at an mma gym which is why i have an mma club that i attend once a week and do mma sparring but i do not have access to an mma gym near where i live and the hours do not coincide with my schedule if you're like me if you're not like me hopefully you're not like me hopefully there's an mma gym club right next to your house, right nearby. You can just go in there and you have everything I just said. That'd be, I'd love that, you know, a place where a bunch of people get together and they train. And I, I would, like, if I had that, ooh, ooh. I actually traveled to China to, to train at the JX Fight Club just to be able to have access to that um, in Shanghai, China, because they have, like, a great wrestling program, jiu-jitsu program, boxing program, all ran by Ramsey Dewey. I know I'm, I'm plugging this guy. I'm just, boom, 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 plugging Ramsey Dewey, Ramsey Dewey, Ramsey Dewey. He's a cool guy. But either way, like if you do have access to something like that, definitely being able to do a little bit of everything is going to help you be a good MMA fighter. So you get in there. And if you already have a background in something, then just kind of refine that. And then whatever your opposite is, start working on it. It takes a long time to develop good grappling skills. And it takes a relatively short amount of time to develop good striking skills. So you definitely want to start putting a lot of time into the grappling first mm, how much time percentage wise i would say just my recommendation would be about when you're starting off about 65 percent of your time whenever your training should be spent 65 to 75 percent should be grappling and about 25 percent should be striking for training when you start later later you can start switching that up once you're good enough at grappling and what's good enough at grappling that's a great question what is good enough at grappling once you find yourself being able to if you're if you're training with someone who's really good uh you're, you're probably never going to best your coach that may never happen especially because they already know your style and they're teaching you but if you find yourself in a position where your coach is struggling with you your coach is having a hard time your coach is saying stuff like can we go easy today because i don't want you to hurt me I've had coaches say that to me. Um, then your grappling skills are getting to a point where they're formidable. And that's when it's time to maybe you can change the ratio a little bit. You kind of want to be at that point on every part of that scale, on the striking, on the grappling, 
you want to be able to go in there one day and and if you if you have a an MMA coach if you sit there and you're doing kickboxing with your kickboxing coach and you have one of the top kickboxers or if you're doing karate if if it's one of the top black belts like the the upper the upper ranking people if these people are having a hard time keeping up with you or if you're giving them a challenge and they're having to go harder on you and now you're kind of feel like you're not winning but you're kind of neck and neck uh you are at that point you're getting to that point and this is this has nothing to do with rank if you're in karate and for some reason you're a white belt and this starts to happen or if you're a blue belt whatever belt you have if you start seeing people who when you came in were beating the snot out of you and now they're having a hard time keeping up with you or you're just challenged they're they're doing different stuff now like they're 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 going harder on you because they can't hold back on you anymore because you're kind of getting even with them. You can ask them too. Am I getting better? Do you feel like you're you're going harder? Are you having to go harder on me to keep up with me? And they'll tell you honestly whether they're going easy on you. If they're going easy on you, then you're not ready. That simple. How long is this going to take? Varies per person, per athletic ability. So pick a style. All right. Pick a style. Go to an MMA gym. If you can't find an MMA gym, then start with a, either a jiu-jitsu school. I would say a jiu-jitsu school just because I, I favor jujitsu. Some people would say wrestling, but if you're older, if you're younger, if you're, in, if you're in high school, start wrestling for the team. Great. Boom. If you're older, finding wrestling as an older person's hard. It's tough because everyone's already, you know, you're going to go in there, a bunch of people, a bunch of kids. So jujitsu will probably be your easier approach, in my opinion. Uh, but still try to get some wrestling in there because they got some great stuff in there. You can find a wrestling coach. I did, and it worked. All right. Number two, strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning. So a lot of people, uh, strength and conditioning has become huge in the MMA world. Uh, If you want to be in MMA, it's a little different from boxing. Like that's why I go back back to what I said earlier. Like wrestling has a lot of strength and conditioning because it takes a lot of muscular endurance and strength and explosiveness to be able to wrestle someone to the ground that's a little different from boxing and kickboxing where you're kind of punching and kicking the whole time yeah i mean you do need some muscular strength but most of it's going to be developed through your training and unless you're going to be like a heavyweight or something like that, you don't really have to have huge muscles now even then boxing's changing so is kickboxing mostly boxing kickboxers are still thinking the old school mentality of just hitting the bag out here in Japan. Anyway, I don't know what they're doing in the U S but, um, for MMA, you're definitely going to need a weight training program. What does this mean? Well, you're going to want to work out every part of your body. I like to do splits. Now, some people are totally against splits. Like they, they hate the whole idea of splitting your training and hitting a different muscular group. They feel that bodybuilding training and mma training are two different things you should be doing stuff like battle ropes and weighted vests underwater with oxygen masks i mean to be honest like that's cool if you if you feel that extreme training is something that you feel you need uh great hey awesome uh but what i found for me personally uh i like to go as hard as i can and be able to do it again the next day and i split my training between between what's working and what's not working and for me for my whole life ever since i started i used to and before we even start this i used to be completely against weight training one of my first uh mma sparring partners slight coaches was the person who told me he's like so how much can you bench and I was like, I really don't bench press. And he's like, what do you mean you don't bench press? I'm like, hey, I don't really I go to the gym once in a while, but I really don't lift weights all the time. And he's like, well, why not? Like, it's only going to make you stronger. And, and I argued with, with him and I was like, no, I don't need it. Like, I really just hated the idea. I just hated the gym. I hated going to the gym. I hated the people at the gym. I hated the smell of the gym. I hated paying for a gym membership. That was me back then. And now, well, uh, I train at the gym every day. I built my own gym. Uh, I found out as time went by what I needed for my body. And yeah, you definitely want to train different parts of your body. Now, what's my weight training program? Well, some of you are going to kind of laugh, but uh, 
when I first started decided when I first decided that I was going to start doing a strength and conditioning program, I was about 180 pounds, and I wanted to. My goal was to fight someone who was bigger than me. My my black belt sparring partner was about 215 pounds. So I wanted to gain some weight to give this guy a challenge. So I started I started reading into bodybuilding because bodybuilders are masters at this. And I started reading about the nutrition programs that go with that. And I started just eating a lot, eating a lot, like two eggs, two eggs, two pieces of toast. And I, I, was, I actually read uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Bodybuilding Encyclopedia. And I mean, I know it's cheesy, and I know I know what some of you might be thinking is the governor get to the chapa. I get it, but all that stuff aside, the book he wrote the book with a with a at the time a, a medical doctor, and it actually is pretty legit as far as uh, a great base to have. There's a ton of stuff on YouTube, and I want to say like when I first started doing this, I didn't have that much access to the internet back then. Um, the internet wasn't what it what, what it is now. I want to say, yeah, I want to say YouTube, maybe. Maybe YouTube just started back then. Maybe, maybe, maybe at this point YouTube just started. But long story short, the book had a bunch of different workouts for every level, from beginner to intermediate to advanced for bodybuilders. And I looked at it. And I used myself and experimented on what worked as far as doing strength and conditioning and at the same time martial arts training. Because one of the hardest things that you're going to find when you're doing all this is you don't, nightmare situation. You go to the gym, you do a killer workout, you kill it. You completely kill it. You go in there and you deadlift 315 pounds and bench press over 225 pounds, you know, training wheels as they call them two big 45 plates on each side you're feeling like the hulk and then the next day you're sore as fuck and you walk in for your mma training or your karate or kickboxing or jujitsu class and that one guy who's always kicking your ass who hardly ever shows up shows up that day and you're so sore all you can do is just get ragdolled because your body is so messed up from training too hard the day before. So that's one thing you got to look out for is overtraining. Uh, personally, a lot of people like the 5x5. Five five. Uh, a 5x5 five five is you, you pick an exercise uh, like bench press or deadlift. And you do 5 sets, 5 reps. Now me, I actually like a 10x3. Call me old fashioned. But a 10 by 3 is always what I love to do. And I normally start at the lightest weight, go to a medium weight. And then I, unless I'm on, a, I'm on a max day where I know I'm not sparring the next day, I might have a rest day the next day, or I'm not going to go that hard the next day, that's the only time I'm really going to go to my max or try to push my max. Try to push your max weight maybe once a month. Pick one muscle to max weight once a month. And make sure that the next day you have a day to recover. Make sure maybe you have a rest day. Now, between that, for your weight training, you're going to want to have a, me personally, let me just break it down. I have a chest day where I'll do bench press, incline bench press, pec fly. Uh, I'll do dumbbell pullovers, pull-ups, hanging, leg raises, and bent over back rows. There it is, right there, and uh, right there. I'm gonna put it in. I'm gonna edit this stuff later. I can't literally see it, but I'm gonna use some YouTube TV magic and put it where my hand is here. Ooh. Now, the next day I do a shoulder workout. I'll do shoulders and arms, and the way this typically works is for me. This is different for everybody, right? I do that workout again. I don't go to my max. I do these uh, ten by threes. Uh, and I'd go light and then medium. And then I go about maybe 65% of what I can maximum push, whatever I, whatever that is. So you're going to have to test yourself to see what your max weight that you can push is. And I only do like 65% of that. Why? Because for me on a Monday, when I do that Monday night, 
I go and I have to do jujitsu. Well, I want to do jujitsu. I do jujitsu. So I'll do like two hours of jujitsu after that. My training program, I always run a 5K. Some people don't like to run. That's cool. Don't run. And uh, we'll get to the cardio section a little later. Now, the next day for weight training, we're just working on strength and conditioning. I will do the shoulders and legs. Oh, I forgot to mention the day before I do a deadlift. I do a deadlift and under the same pretenses. For the deadlift, I do a 5x5 five five, uh, just because deadlift can really take it out of you if you do a 10x3. Now, for the next day, I do shoulders and arms. Shoulders and arms. Uh, the way I look at it is, and I know people are, again, like, they criticize. I had one person criticize me. He's like, dude, I posted one of my workouts on Facebook, and my friend's like, bro, like, why are you doing bodybuilding splits? And I was like, bro, like, you know, my 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 body gets pretty damaged doing jujitsu. <laughs> you know, you get stuff twisted and cranked and grabbed and pulled. And uh, I feel that when you kind of work out this way, you work out a little different parts of the muscles in your body. It's also a great way to check if there's any injuries anywhere, right? And that way, next you go to, next time next time you go to jujitsu, you know what to tape up, or next time you go to wrestling or boxing, whatever style you end up picking. Next time you go in, you can tell the people you're you're, you're training with, hey, my my right arm is a little bit funny, or my left bicep, or you know my neck or my shoulder. And doing these kind of workouts really helps you get into tune in into what's going on with your body. Now, once you've already done your shoulder, no, I said shoulders and arms. From rant back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, shoulders and arms. Uh, my shoulder and arm routine, I usually start things off with a clean and press. Uh, also known as a clean and jerk. I don't do it traditionally. Like some people do the clean and jerk and uh, they'll jump up into the air and they kind of do like this. Uh, they they jump up and they jump up into the air like whew, flying kung fu masters flying dragon. No, not like that. Uh, they'll grab the weight and they'll pick it up and then when they bring it up over their head, they kind of go into this lunge thing and then they'll bring it back down. Me personally, the lunge thing, I guess it's up to you how you like to do it, but me personally, I like to do, I like to do the, uh, I like to push it over my head and just keep my legs in one position. I'm always thinking when I'm weight training, I wanna equally work out my muscles and this idea of jumping into a lunge then I have to imagine, okay, if I'm going to do a five by five, it's an odd number. How am I going to hit the other leg that same amount of time? I'm always trying to do it equally. And that's why I don't like to do the lunge thing, uh, you know, personally. That's what's going on. All right. So after I do my clean and press, I jump into military press. You can do military press with dumbbells or a barbell. It's up to you. I do those at 10 by three. After that, I do front lateral raises, 10 by three and side lateral raises 10 by 3 and after that i do the wasted no it's not wasted bicep curls now some people argue in mma and martial arts that you don't need bicep curls and you don't you really don't to become a better martial artist do martial arts i said that earlier you want to get better jujitsu do jujitsu this has to do with just trying to tune into your body and make yourself stronger does, making, does becoming stronger make you a better fighter? Yes, but if all you do is become stronger and not dedicate any time in the training, then in the martial arts training, then you'll just be a strong person who'll get beaten by someone with better technique. Which is how it works. Now, all right, so I, after the bicep curls, I do a front shoulder not a shoulder shrug upright row ha <laughs> i remembered yeah you do an upright row 10 by 3 after the upright rows i move out and i do a behind the back tricep extension for those of you on the podcast you're not gonna be able to see this but it's kind of like this kind of motion and like arnold arnold like to put his he put his thumb on his rib cage and we go like this but either way I, I like to do that again 10 by 3 each side right left uh, after that, I do concentrated bicep curls if I have time. If I don't, I don't do all this stuff. But if I do have time, concentrated bicep curls, which is when you sit on a bench and you really focus on a lighter weight on full. I like to work on full range of motion on this. Uh, earlier when I did the bicep curls, I did the bicep curls with a with a barbell. So now I like to get a small dumbbell, 
go a little lighter and be able to make sure that I can fully extend my arm out and bring it back in and all the way down and all the way up. And if I feel any pain from getting caught in an arm bar in training or just strenuous, then I know right now that there's an injury and I need to be careful. After I'm done with those, I do close grip press. It's funny that a lot of people that do close grip press don't realize that you don't have to grab the bar like this. I actually like to grab the bar right as the grips are about to end, and it's probably around here. And uh, then I'll do 10 by 3 of those. And uh, then I do, if I have time, hammer, tricep extensions. It's when you lay down, you put... <laughs> For those of you listening, you don't know what I'm doing. I'm making funny hand signals with my hands. But yeah, I bring the bring the weight down to my forehead. They're called skull crushers. And you bring them right back up. It works out the triceps, 10 by 3. And then I do wrist curls, 10 by 3, each side. And then I do reverse wrist curls, if I have time. Sometimes I don't have time. Sometimes you don't have time. If you don't have time, really, what you really need, going back to our explosiveness, uh, I never go a day without, I never go throughout, if, if it's shoulders, if it's a day for shoulders, I never skip the military press. So even if I have absolutely no time, and I'll explain why I don't have time because I do, and we'll go into that in a bit. But um, as far as just the weightlifting, keeping the back, trying to stay focused on a subject is so hard for me and my ADD. But either way, um, if you don't have time to go through the whole thing, uh, chest day, as long as you do bench and deadlift, you're good. On shoulder day, as long as you do military press, and uh what was it military press concentrated bicep curls and uh and the clean and press actually no i'd say clean and press five by fives clean and press and uh and 10 by three bicep curls uh you're good you'd be good if if, if you didn't have time uh, just hitting those two exercises at the end of an mma workout would be work would be just as good all right Ideal conditions, I'm guessing you can you have the time to do all this, so that's why I'm throwing it out there. The next day I have leg day, and then for leg day, I it's actually a pretty simple workout. For leg day, I, I get out there, uh, I do lunges. I do lunges, 10 by 3, 10 by 3 uh, each side. And then sometimes I'll do reverse lunges if I'm feeling saucy. And then I do 10 by 3s squats. I'll do squats, 10 by 3s. Sometimes I do five by fives if I'm trying to hit a max. And then after that, I do quadricep extensions on the machine. You know that machine where you kind of kick up like this, if you can see my hand. Ooh, ooh. Imagine these are your legs, these two fingers. It's the, and then for you listening, for your listeners, for the, for the listeners on, on your iTunes, it's the machine where you put your legs in and you kick forward with both legs, and it works out your quadriceps. And then I do uh, reverse leg curls, which is where... The machine where you stick your legs in and you pull your legs up towards your buttocks. And it works out the back of your leg. What is that? What is the back of your leg? Back, leg. I know. Yeah, I, I, I'm a trainer. I train people that forget the name of the muscles. <laughs> the glutes? The glutes? The hamstrings. Uh, there we go. Not the glutes. The glutes is your butt. Yeah, it's your hamstrings. Hamstring? 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 It's spelled H-A-M-S-T-R-I-N-G. Makes me want to say hamstring. But I usually say, say hamstring. But yeah, it works out your hamstring. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the leg workout. Did I leave anything out of that one? No. And I finish off with uh, with some crunches. You know, 25 by 5. And yeah, that's pretty much the workout. There you go. That's the workout. Strength and conditioning for chest one day, arms arms and shoulders one another day, and then legs. Legs and technically, I guess, kind of lower back. Not really. But yeah, legs. Legs. That's it. That's the workout. I do that three days of the week. And then I do that. Uh, I repeat. Actually, no. No, that's wrong. I don't do... I do not repeat. My, my It depends on my workout week. Ideally... If you have the strength and the power and you're good, then you do that again for another three days and you only have one rest day. You have a six-day training schedule. One day where you do chest, one day where you do arms and 
and shoulders. One day we do leg, and then you do that again the next day. But how do you do all this? Well, it depends on how much time you have. Now, do you need to do six days of weight training? No, not really. If you hit those muscle groups in a week and then you're doing your other MMA training, me personally with the MMA training, sometimes I'll just focus on MMA. Some days I'm just like, dude, I'm beat. I'm not going to do that whole workout because I had a really heavy sparring session the day before and my body's beat. In the case I just said, I focus on what's important for that muscle group. So for example, if it was chest day, okay, I just do the bench. I do bench press five by fives. That's good. And that's good. So if you're listening right now, suddenly you might hear the rain. A storm has just come. So that's the background noise if you hear it. So back to what I was saying earlier. Now, once you've actually done these three workouts, now you might be asking yourself, how do you do it? Well, so for some days, like I mentioned, if you're beat up, you do your weight training, you do your, your muscle training, and then the next day, you go into your martial arts training, if that's how you're doing it. And it depends on where and how you're training. Ideally, you were at the MMA gym and you're doing this all at the same place. Now, if you're like me, you're doing this on your own. This Now, this brings us into the second section. Uh, is it now? Yeah, it is now. Okay. I'm supposed to talk about cardio. During our strength and conditioning, I'm supposed to talk about cardio. Now... Here's where there's a whole lot of things coming at you. Some philosophies say no running. Others philosophies say you have to run. Some people say sprint interval training. Some people say swimming. Some people say cycle between cycling and running and sprinting. No, no, just do bag work. Shadow boxing and sparring would be good enough. I guess it really comes down to what you have available to you. So I'm just going to say, to keep this a general rule, 30 minutes of cardio a day, at least. Six days a week, 30 minutes of cardio, intense cardio. Not super intense where you can't move anymore, but intense enough where you break a sweat and you burn at least 500 calories. That's what you're going to need. You need 30 minutes of it where you're a little bit out of breath and you continue to push. I like to do my cardio before I do my weight training. That's what I'm going to say. Now, after I've said that, we have to go into this whole concept of solo training versus group training. Personally, group training is ideal. I would love, again, I said I went to China because I love group training. I love being able to train with people every day. That is awesome. Ideally, that's what you want to do is you want to do group training. In other words, you go in, you talk to your MMA coach or your martial arts coach or your boxing coach or your sensei or whoever you're training with. And um, you go in there and you train with them every day for six days a week and you have one day off. That's ideally what you spo- what you should do if you if you have that kind of time. Um, you should be doing your cardio, uh, which is either a 5K run or a skip rope or swimming for 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and then you do your weight training or you can do your weight training and then your cardio. Like I said, I like to do cardio first because I feel that it makes you burn more calories. And then you split your workout. You do your you do that and then you go do your martial arts training. Um, if you, if you feel that you can't do that, you're like, oh my gosh, my weight training program is just too much. Okay. Then you can always do your, you can always do the opposite. You do your martial arts training first, then you go do your cardio and your weight training, or you do your cardio and weight training in the morning and you do your martial arts training in the evening. That is the ideal way to do things. If you have a good MMA school, uh, if you have a good gym that you're going to, they're going to be able to do this for you. You're not even going to have to think. That's that's the best part. You just show up and they already know what you want. They already know what weight you want to be, what fight class. And, and they'll make sure to, to, to guide you and and to be where you should be for your fight um, whenever that is, whenever, however your goals are working out. But uh, going back to the way I do things, again, I'm alone. So if you're one of those people that's listening to this podcast and there's no MMA gyms near you, there might not even be a martial arts gym near you. You only have a family Taekwondo available. Well, anything's better than nothing. Um, what I'm going to say is develop a routine where you do, if you don't have anyone out there to train with in your solo training, I really recommend running. It is the easiest way to burn calories and to get you better, get you better cardio. It's just... It is. It's and it's simple. It really, running is one of the. It doesn't. It's not that complicated. I'm not saying be a professional runner. 
like some people get into the running and they get really crazy about the running and suddenly they're like, I want to sign up for a marathon. And then they go and they go on this path. Some people, I'm talking about myself. I did this. <laughs> I made this mistake and I started getting into marathon running and trail running and ultra running and did a 55K right before a fight, two weeks before a fight. And did it help me with the fight? <clears throat> no, it didn't. It really didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, mental toughness. But that's about it. Uh, I, I don't think it actually helped me with the fight. There's other ways I could have spent my time that would have been better. But uh, yeah, if you just run a 5K or you know, 35 to 40 minutes of running is, is good enough to whatever you need. I usually do that. And then I come back and I do my flexibility. I'll stretch and I'll do some what they call line basics in karate where I throw some punches and some kicks. And then I'll focus on one type of martial art, either boxing and do some shadow boxing for four or five rounds, three minutes each, or some kickboxing, four or five rounds, three minutes each. And then I'll, you know, uh, then I'll do some bag work, two rounds on the time bag, two rounds on the heavy bag, depending on how I feel. And that's my cardio. And then I go into my strength and conditioning routine that I had just mentioned earlier. So that's how I kind of program the things that I do for my strength and conditioning. Boom. Number three, nutrition. Nutrition is a really important part. If you're going to be cutting weight and you have to be a certain weight, a lot of people, a lot of people, I guess it depends. I always say that if you've never done any type of training in your life and most likely and you're older and you want to get into martial arts because you want to get into better shape, then we are already saying that you feel that you're a little overweight right? Either that or you feel that you're a little too skinny. I, I don't know. Some some people, some people, most people feel they're a little overweight. They got like 10 or 15 pounds that they can do without. And if that's the case, then that's probably the weight class that you should be fighting at. Now, if you're really taking this seriously, you can cut down even more. You can be a beast. You know, try to lose 30 pounds and start at that weight class. But really just check on where you're most comfortable. Uh, don't do some sort of crazy weight cut diet where you get really skinny. Make sure you don't starve. Don't starve. That's one of the things I was telling my one of my students. He, he's a great kid, but he kept trying to starve. Oh, what you what'd you eat yesterday? I didn't eat. I had a, I, you know, I I had one meal yesterday, and I'm like, why? I wanted to make weight. I'm like, dude, like you need carbs and you still need protein. You still need food to be able to train, especially if you want to train hard. Like, if you stop eating, you're you're going to be screwed. Like you're going to be famished and you're going to get into that ring and that person's going to demolish you. So to make weight, my personal thing, uh, I'm going to tell you my nutrition program and it's not the best nutrition program. This is just a program that worked for me and every person is different and every dietary needs are different. But what I found for me is I like to have a good breakfast before I train because I train in the morning. So I usually have one egg, and a piece of toast with some cheese or a piece of toast with some almond butter and a cup of coffee. That's it. I have that and then I head right back into my training program and I train for about two to three hours in the morning. For lunch, I usually have a salad and some protein. Uh, I like to chop up some chicken, have a chicken salad or I'll have a ham salad. But the point is I have a salad and some protein uh, or egg, whatever source of protein you prefer. And I have that. Now, if you're the kind of person that needs carbs, you're like, I cannot make it through lunch without carbs. I will fucking kill someone if I don't get carbs. If you're one of those people, then I say, I used to be one of those people, uh, glucose dependent. Put a little bit, a little bit of pasta, not too much. I don't like saying this. I don't, I don't, I cut this out of my diet. In fact, I moved from spaghetti noodles to zaru soba which is made from a soba, which is made from a completely different... What is soba made out of? That is a very good question. What? What is soba? So if we look at soba, they're Japanese noodles made from buckwheat flour. So it's like wheat. It's a type of wheat. So kind of looking at that, I had a type of wheat... Oh, a type of wheat noodle. I had a wheat noodle that I was eating for a while there that was really, that was more successful than the regular spaghetti noodles. And for me, I'm, I mean, I don't have any type of allergies or that I have to work around. So it worked pretty good. I had these noodles, a little bit of the noodles with my salad. So I had some carbs. Eventually I kept putting less and less and less and less noodles until one day, boom, 
I cut the noodles right out and I just started having my protein in my salad. And then after that, um, around three o'clock, oh snap, I just remembered. I forgot to take my protein shake. Around three o'clock, I drink a protein shake when I'm hungry. Uh, if to, to manage your hunger pain, like I have a protein shake and, uh, and some almonds, almonds, walnuts, nuts are a great thing to have. So if, if you ever find yourself hungry, have some nuts with you and those, that's your snack. That can easily be your snack until dinner. And then for dinner, I eat a sensible dinner. <laughs> for those of you who ever kept up with the old school Weight Watchers program, you know, two, two shakes and a sensible dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a regular dinner. Uh, my, my wife gets really upset if I get really crazy with my workouts. Uh, and if you don't have someone who, who, if you're a single person and you can be a little more tight about this, uh, I do recommend eating clean, uh, avoid processed foods and avoid sugar. So like if for dinner you can have, uh, some chicken breast, like uh, a chicken breast and some, a little bit of a bowl of white rice, a small bowl, like, like what, like the size of a two two cups i don't know what the measuring thing is let's say like imagine a coffee cup and i would say like two coffee cups of white rice is enough carbs to get you going for the next day um and, or if you're one of those people that can completely cut carbs for dinner go for it but if if not don't worry about it uh just minimize your carbs for whatever weight class you're trying to get into the week of the of the fight you can cut carbs even more um but yeah, as far as the nutrition, like your daily nutrition, this isn't like your nutrition for trying to cut weight because that's a little bit different. Um, but I, I like to eat clean all year long. And then I have one cheat day. Uh, on my rest day, I eat whatever I want, whatever I was craving. And I sometimes write it down. Like I'll, I'll, I'll drive by the ice cream shop and be like, ooh, that cheesecake ice cream looks good. And I don't eat it. And then on my cheat day, I come back and I have it. And it's funny because sometimes I get to my cheat day and I don't crave it. So something to think about. But I do have a cheat day where I eat whatever I want for breakfast, whatever I want for lunch, and whatever I want for dinner. And sometimes on that cheat day, I'm just still not really, I'm not feeling it. And I still want, I just want my salad, my chicken salad or my ham salad or my roast beef salad. And I'm good. I'll have that for lunch. But I find that it's easier to eat healthy or clean. Not even healthy. It's not super healthy, right? I'm not eating super healthy here. But it's easier to do that than to cut a bunch of weight right before the fight. That's way tougher to do. Way tougher to do. So keep that in mind. Now, going back to mistakes I made. Mistakes I made cutting water weight. Cutting way too much water weight than what's really needed. Um, uh, I've read a lot of articles on this, but uh, most of them, many of them will, will recommend that you shouldn't cut more than 2% of your body weight in water, especially for amateur fighting. Now, you might be saying, well, that's bullshit, man. Like, I know Conor McGregor cut like 20% of his body weight using body weight, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, I'm sure they're right. Your professional fighters are a total different story. And the reason they're a different story is because they get to weigh in the day before. So they have a 24-hour grace period where they can rehydrate, eat good, and get right back on track right before the fight. But... If you are the person who's listening to this because you wanted to know the top three things to become an MMA fighter, you're not already a professional MMA fighter. You're an amateur. And if you're an amateur, you're going to have to fight at an amateur match. And most amateur matches are fought, weigh-ins are on the same day. And if that's you, then you don't want to be cutting more than 2%. You're going to be tired. You're going to be tired and you're going to be most susceptible to be knocked out. Uh, being dehydrated, uh, less fluid in the brain, less cushion. It's easier to get dizzy. You're gonna have noodle legs as you walked in, as you walk into that ring. That happened to me once. It sucked. I came in there. I was tired before I even started fighting because I cut way too much water weight. I only needed to be 169 pounds. I was so nervous. I went to the sauna. Going to the sauna is great, but I went to the sauna for like two hours the night before to really bring it down because I was so worried about making weight. And I ended up weighing in at 164 pounds, which is way under what I needed to be. I needed to be 168, and I cut four pounds under that, which was water all in water weight. I had to fight. I ended up being the, I ended up being like the third fight. I only had like 30, 45 minutes to rehydrate, and I, I really didn't have enough time, and I was still dehydrated during the fight, and it, it led to really bad things. It led to a lot of bad things. So make sure that 
that if you do this right, you eat clean, that you're making weight. If you're making weight, you're waking up in the morning on your way in before breakfast and you're before breakfast, you're already at the right weight, whatever weight class that is, you're hitting that or under, then you're good. You're good. Within a week of, you have the week before a fight to do that. That's why you were doing all that cardio. If two weeks before you want to pump up your cardio and, and start running or doing cardio for one hour a day or an hour and a half a day before your, or after your martial arts training or after your strength and conditioning, that'll help you cut the weight even more. And if you want to be a little more strict about cutting the carbs, cutting carbs and sugar is your best bet to go down in weight. So if you want to be a little strict with that two weeks before the fight, bring it right down. But my recommendation is to try to be just at the weight. Wake up in the morning without breakfast at the weight. That way, worst case scenario, the day of the fight, you wake up. You don't want to go underweight too, but uh, you know it's good to just wake up in the morning and know that you don't have to worry about stuff. If you're a little underweight, that's cool because then you can eat breakfast before. But if not, it's all good. You go, you skip breakfast. You go in for your weigh-ins, and then after weigh-ins, you eat your breakfast, and you'll have about maybe 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how the matches work out, to eat before you fight. And um, and yeah. And that pretty much covers the top three things that you need to do to become an MMA fighter. I hope you really, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned for the wrap up. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to Social Jello with Angelo. If you are still around after I announced the wrap up, well, then I have nothing to say. But please check out my Twitter at Social Jello. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel and you're listening to this on iTunes, just jump up, look at Social Jello, Google Social Jello, and a bunch of my stuff. So if, you do, if you Google the Social Jello with Angelo podcast or Social Jello with Angelo, a bunch of old videos and stuff will come up. Just jump on YouTube, subscribe. That's all I'm asking. I do have a Patreon. If you want to jump on my Patreon, Social Jello, and donate some money to help me make some more videos, I won't be mad at you. Um, and uh, last but not least, uh, on my website at www.socialjello.com, you can go there and you can click on the Amazon banner and uh, whatever you buy from Amazon by clicking on the Amazon banner after that, I get a small little change. That's all I got to say. I will catch you all later. Train your mind, body, and spirit every day. Peace.